Hey everybody, it's your old friend John DeLuna with another RFC minicast. Still struggling a little bit with my uh, my voice. Talk too much. Holiday parties. What can you do? But uh, to compensate, I brought back an extra helping of co-hosts. Uh, joining me for this discussion is uh, Don, Headmaster Don, uh, Rob Clay, uh, and Melvar from uh, RFC Wednesdays. Everybody from RFC Wednesdays. I um, I recorded this uh, a couple weeks back, and uh, I think this conversation is really fun and one that always seems to be on the tip of a lot of our tongues. And it's basically just kind of spitballing and musing about what Hasbro can do with G.I. Joe, Mask, uh, Visionaries, all of those other like nostalgic toy lines and properties that we, I think, uh, or at least a lot of us, uh, loved alongside with Transformers to some degree. All of those properties have um, struggled really to find footing or, or backing internally in Hasbro, even externally. Uh, in the internets to uh, kind of spark a, a, a revival. So the boys and I just kind of muse and discuss some ideas that I think are actually interesting once we kind of got into it on maybe Transformers is a property that can help unlock the kind of hidden potential that a lot of us believe these dormant, nostalgic 80s brands have. So uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation. I really enjoyed having it with the boys. And away we go. You know, the one thing the Autobots don't have is enough naval power. You've got broadside and sea spray, top spin in a pinch, and a couple pretenders. Ooh, big boop. I would like to see a fleet of ships, aircraft carrier, battleship, uh, you know, destroyer, submarine, tugboat kind of thing, as a as a as a Gestalt combiner against Piranacon. Oh, okay. I mean, I I can see where you're going there. Um, actually, that brings up an interesting idea. Maybe, possibly, but let me throw this at you guys. GI Joe. Okay, so G.I. Joe... What's that? Uh, exactly. Whatever. It, 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 G.I. Joe and He-Man are, like, kicking cans down the street. They can't figure it out. Can't get a job. Don't know why. Uh, most of us have ideas, but really, at the end of the day, it is also kind of like a mystery why it just doesn't click anymore. But could Transformers be a way to kickstart G.I. Joe... In that you start designing Transformers, they're branded Transformers, they turn into, but lo, they turn into uh, G.I. Joe-inspired uh, vehicles, and they they fit G.I. Joe-sized figures in them. Well, but, I've wanted that ever since I was five. Yeah, and besides, and besides we, they had a chance to do it when they were doing their crossover lines between Marvel, uh, Star Wars... They could have done something with a cross. Now the figures may not have fit, but you know they could have had an action fleet. They could have just recolored some action fleet figures if they had to, but they didn't do anything with that. And the the crossovers lines was a perfect chance for that. And they didn't take, they didn't do it then. Hmm. Rob, those would be some pretty expensive transformers if they were fitting three and three quarter inch GI Joe figures. They would, but that may yeah. even that may even uh, I know. Look, we're gonna get like 
flack from G.I. Joe fans, but if they went to like a two inch figure or just a three inch figure, like, yeah, they were like, hey guys, this is part of making this work in the modern world because it's got to like start as a sub collection or, or like a thread in Transformers to, to make it work. And because of that, like, the guys have to be a little bit smaller. You know, it is what it is. Rob, what do you think about using Transformers in, in a very strategic way? to try to make G.I. Joe a thing again. You know, I I have no idea why Hasbro has always been shy to mix the two, because, you know, there's photos out there, there was a prototype in of, made back in the 80s of a G.I. Joe-compatible Transformer that never went anywhere. I have a feeling that if they may decide to do that, if the uh, Transformers cinematic universe pans out, because... I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, Akiva Goldsman, the head writer for that, was recently moved off of Transformers 5, and the things he moved to are Micronauts, which we know is going to be a part of Transformers, and G.I. Joe. That's a great point. That's a, that's a great point. Um, you know, like, because again, like, uh, we say, or, or Don just said that, um, there's a kind of dearth of variety in alt modes with Transformers. So we love our cars, love our planes, boats, and uh, any other kind of funkiness. Uh, usually it gets passed over just because there's no, there's probably no reason to have it unless, say, something like Omega Supreme pops up again, like, like a Titan. And history says you have to design them a certain way, or you should design them a certain way, where otherwise they would never do it. Opening up that world to G.I. Joe necessitates a whole different kind of line of thinking when it comes to alt modes. Um, Melvar, let me ask you about alt modes. Do you find do you find that there is a, a need to branch out more often with the alt modes, or is that something that you think uh, we're, we're still kind of doing fine with primarily cars and planes? I like cars and planes. Uh, military vehicles would be great, though. I mean, yeah, we get the occasional tank here and there, but, I mean, there are a lot of different kinds of planes we could get, helicopters and such. I, I think we could branch out a little bit more. And there's like, well, and there's also, like, the just the nostalgia. Like, if, if, if G.I. Joe versus Transformers, Transformers versus G.I. Joe, however they want to kind of spin it, if that becomes a thing, then, then you've got to you've got to play the nostalgia thread for G.I. Joe. So there's a bunch of co- uh, Cobra and, and Joe vehicles that you've got to pay homage to. We've only paid homage to Joe vehicles a handful of times over the course of the entire history of Transformers. So that's definitely that's definitely a thing. Um, Don, Don, let me ask you, what are your thoughts on that? And uh, kind of like how I, I kind of threw in there, specifically, do you think they're, they're married to three and three-quarter figurines? Or do you think if there's a good reason to go smaller, they could do it? Well... I think I think the two properties would work together because you know you you've got sea spray you can make sea spray turn into the whale and there's you know and there's a and you, you can you can have the, the Joe the captain of the whale working with sea spray so you've got a lot of correlations already built in with transformers that already have alt modes similar to GI Joe vehicles so you've already got something in the fiction of both universes to connect them. Uh, as far as the size, I think Hasbro learned a lesson when they went to the, that, that, the sergeant's uh, 
some, something something in the Screaming Eagles. I can't oh, remember. Sergeant Savage. Sergeant Savage, and then they went to Extreme. And so they learned from those size changes that they, they're they really not, again, it was the 90s, so Extreme was just didn't really work. But uh, I, I think... They're, I think they're comfortable with the three and three quarter scale because it's such a mix and match ability. Uh, any smaller and you get a lot more choking hazards. Any bigger and you'd have to have bigger vehicles to compensate for the figures. Uh, heck, you know, I think it would work just because you could have in the in, as a fictional background a group of Transformers that Prime did not know about or this was before he before he became prime, whatever the case may be, crashed on Earth and say in the mid fifties, before they awoke, there was like a small transformer group on Earth working with the military, which would be the early days of G. I. Joe, and it's them being adapted, them waking up from say spin animation in this new era. Working with GI Joe, I'm getting, I'm just saying, you know, you you can you can fit it into the existing continuity wherever you put it, and it wouldn't cause too many kerfuffles. Mm. More fan fiction from Headmaster Dawn. <laughs> I well, I, again, I'm just I'm just saying where it where it could fit in the in the in the yeah. continuity. But, but as far as like the three and three quarter inch figures go, I think they could go smaller. The GI Joes just wouldn't have all their accessories. Mm-hmm. I think you could go like a human alliance scale, and that'd work pretty well. well yeah, that, and I true. think I I. Yeah. To be honest, I don't think they're going to be married to the three and three quarter inch style because three and three quarter inch was itself a scale change from the original GI Joes, and you know that that's always kind of been hit and miss for Hasbro because of course when they went, they started out with the twelve inch tall figures, they tried to go down to eight inch tall figures in the seventies, and that didn't work. They waited about five years, they came back with three and three quarter inch. The thing that I think has changed this time that they probably figured out is that. I have a feeling that if they had changed the scale of G.I. Joe in the 90s and not done away with the characters, they probably could have made it work because they managed to come up with a decent enough story that people want to hang on to that. It's the fact that, you know, it was it was a completely different line that just said G.I. Joe, two of them, in fact, like, like, you know, like, uh, like Don said, Extreme and Sergeant Savage, they had no real connection to real American hero. And I think if you were to, you know, on the other hand, Sigma six did okay for them for, uh, for a while. And that used the same basic set of characters. So, you know, if somebody's looking at all of that, they'll figure out what the common threads are. Now, one thing is with them having, with them having trademark, the mask and the visionary stuff and GI Joe on the verge of a relaunch possibly. And I've said this before, what if they go with a common size class across all three lines for more uses of the same molds, more interchangeability for parts, and just a little more consistency across their lines? They could do that. I, I definitely think, um, and I, I think there's no question about this, is that if they do any kind of like synergy and scale or, or parts sharing or, or that kind of thing, synergy. Uh, Transformers is the center of that world because it's the, the it's obvi- obviously it's it's the one that's worked and it's always going to be here in theory and it's the big mama and you don't compromise Transformers 
in the hopes of rebooting new things. So, you know, whatever they do would be uh, be done so long as it works for Transformers and it doesn't it doesn't muddle with whatever they're already planning planning for Transformers. Um, Rob, you bring up a really good topic when it comes to GI Joe. So I'm going to specifically ask you first, why do you think Transformers for the last, oh, I would say well over a decade at this point, one way or another, really since Car Robots started it, has been super nostalgic and and super uh, super close and grafted to G1. The characters, the tone, everything. G1's in everything. Even Bayformers, to some to some extent, has still has still got the characters. Um, GI Joe's been anything but uh, married to the thing that brought them to the dance. Real American Hero. Why do you think Hasbro is not treating Real American Hero as like the thing that made GI Joe great? I think it's because of that history. Actually, it's the fact that there, you know, were. 20 years or so for G.I. Joe before Real American Hero and that they found things that made it work for them, you know, before then, they they kind of and because there are those several waves of nostalgia that they've worked through, I think they may feel and, you know, possibly not correctly so that the G.I. Joe concept is a little bit more malleable than Transformers is at this point. I, I think I might like to see a little bit more you know, looking at reinventing real American hero and maybe bringing in a few more new things to transformers, but it's just me. Hmm. Um, Melvar, uh, what do you think? Uh, do you think if they, if, if GI Joe has a renaissance, does that have to basically, or if, or if there's a recipe for GI Joe finding new success, does it have to be basically some flavor of real American hero? Oh, I, I would like to say no. But I think I'm going to have to go with yes, because like like you said, Transformers keeps coming back around to G1. So I, I think they're going to go with the best known. Yeah, I would hope they do. Don, what do you what do you think? Do you think if they're going to make it work, we're going to see Lady J and Duke and Shipwreck and all those guys back and basically basically playing to dads in the hopes that they make their sons and daughters um, get back into G.I. Joe? What do you think? Yeah, you know, personally, I would love to see something, you know, because like Rob was saying, when they brought G.I. Joe back and scaled him down, you had the adventure team that wasn't military, but they were having these grand adventures across the globe. I would love to see a G.I. Joe kind of like Stargate. They find a portal out to the universe, and you've got G.I. Joe and all these grand epic adventures. Uh, basically, it's SG-1. That's what it boils down to, but with G.I. Joe. Uh, uh, didn't they try mixing aliens in with G.I. Joe and it went horribly? I don't remember, to be honest. Uh, the, the line was already not doing so well, but I think that was the, like, Star Brigade and the, like... Oh, yeah. The couple, yeah, the couple of little, uh, like, monster waves that came after that. I forget what yeah. they were called. Yeah, so... Uh, I, but I, I think I think, I think think Matt's right. It'll, it'll go back to your Lady J, your Flint... Um, Maybe even a Marissa, if they wanted to work that into the line to get some Transformers into that into it that way. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what else, I don't know what else they they would do just to get re, you know once they get back up and running, 
then they might can try a some small like maybe work some mass characters back in give us a give us a Miles Mayhem to go with the match record from a couple years ago. Uh, Don, you're uh, among like like other than your fan fiction that you like to work into a conversation. I always like that you like to work in your other ideas into a conversation, <laughs> just in case, just just in case that Hasbro's listening. You know, mask is a thing that uh, that well, should obviously just, happen again. Well, I mean, it's just again, it's it's. I'm trying to wash the taste of Vortec out of my mouth. That's you know, 20 years later, Vortec is still a terrible horrible thing. I'm actually surprised that. Uh, that we haven't seen more ideas like Mask already come and go, frankly, or already have their shot as a revival after the 2007 Transformers movie. I'm kind of surprised that, and I get maybe this is a credit to Hasbro, that they showed kind of restraint, or they didn't assume just because it worked for Transformers it was going to work for every property they've ever had or ever acquired. But uh, yeah, I am a little surprised. Games. Yeah, well, yeah, right. Oh God, uh, we have, we don't even have that Monopoly oh. movie yet. What were they I'm thinking? Surprised. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Well, Battleship happened, which is yeah. probably probably sunk Monopoly for a while. But you yeah, know. but yeah, but uh, I'll be honest though, and I, I mentioned this to some friends of mine. I was talking to Paladin and a few other people. Uh, for all his faults, Michael Bay directs car chases and action scenes very well. For some uh, reason, yeah. for, for some reason in my head, I see him being able to pull off a mask movie because without the robot modes involved, you've just got vehicles becoming other vehicles. And I think if you could keep that same energy, if you've got in your car chases and and then you've got, you know, this you've got Miles in the switchblade converting from helicopter to jet mode, then you got Thunderhawk taking off after him. You still keep that same kind of synergy in the chase. I, I think I think a Michael Bay Mass movie Dawn. could Dawn. be good. <laughs> Dawn. Could could be good. Dawn. Yes. Please do not do not lead the charge to get Michael Bay more work. Oh no no no, no I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just saying I'm saying if they're gonna to go to him for other projects, since he is their go to director for Transformers, give him something that he might do a good job at based on what he's done decently in the other movies. I uh, I can't wait for the designs for Michael Bay's Mask movie for the female characters, where they have giant helmets. They will be wearing nothing but the mask. Yes, basically. and, yes, and uh, if, if anything, uh, they'll have, uh, for some reason, they'll be covered in a little bit of mud, they'll be dripping in sweat, and their stomach will be right in your face. The whole time. Just leaning over Matt, Tra Matt Tracker's car. Yes, just working on his car. His car's always broke down for now, some reason. Now, now I, I, I am not advocating that Michael Bay is the best director out there. <laughs> Hot I, opinion. Well, I, I am just advocating that he does car... I think he does car chases pretty well, He does, he, and he likes his movies with a lot of action. So I'm just saying... And nothing take, else. But if you if you have him just direct the action sequences in a mask movie, when you, since you don't have the you robot, wouldn't the, be able to see what was happening. Like <laughs> the Transformers. Movies. I hear he's saying you want a mask movie is what you want, Don. Yeah, but I, well, I'm but I'm afraid the recent unsuccess of Jim might have cast oh. a, a cast a, a bad light on other adaptations. Oh, 
Outrageous. Hey, I uh, when it comes to mask, here's where I would like to see the mask kind of thing go. Just as a here's the problem. Mask as a concept requires a, a fair bit of money to just visualize on screen. Like you can't do a mask movie cheap uh, unless you want it to look god awful. So there's like a there's kind of like a, it's an expensive concept. Say that, but. What I would like to see them do with something like Mask is take the kind of Marvel Studios approach of have a bunch of people that are respectful, sometimes to a fault, to the source material, and they just do they just do it like as like just straight faced, don't blink, don't waver. It's ridiculous. It, it may be the whole thing may be ridiculous until the minute you screen it in front of people, but. Just do it. Don't 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 do a Hollywood spin on it or as little as possible, and just do it, and then and see what happens. That's that's the kind of thing I would want from like Mask or even Visionaries. Um, yeah. I don't know if we would get that. We, I I don't think we would because that's not Hasbro's philosophy with movies, for better or worse. But well, that's what I would is, like to see. You're right though. With one thing is that you would need to you would need to dump some serious money to pull it off. Otherwise, it would look like Team Knight Rider, and nobody well, wants you would anything. Have, you would have like to dump Team serious money just to get the licensing for the vehicles. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Rob, what do you think of? What do you think, just in general, of Mask as a concept? Is there a way to do it? Do you think there's an appetite for it? Do you have an appetite for it? What do you think of Mask? I, I remember Mask vaguely but fondly. That's the best way I know to put it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's ever going to be, you know, a big Hollywood movie. I don't. I honestly don't know how they're they would go about bringing it back. I hate to say it, but with you know the stories we've gotten recently about, you know, the some of the things happening in Hasbro at the end of like Transformers Prime Beast Hunters, I have a feeling that the Visionaries revival and the Mask revival is probably something that went out with the previous design teams. And I, I'm trying not to think that, though, because Visionaries holds a very special place in my heart, and I do not want to see it not exist. I, I, I understand, Don, but I have a feeling that that one Unit E comic we got may be the only thing we ever see of it, or at least for a while. Mm. You know, it's hard, it's hard to... You're right, Rob, and it's hard to it's hard to justify kind of rebooting... Uh, properties that don't have a proven history in the last 10, 15 years when we live in a world of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Disney just blanketing every channel that they own with Marvel stuff and Star Wars stuff and Hasbro concentrating on Transformers stuff and a, a and little bit trying, of Marvel Pony. Yeah, Hasbro, Hasbro trying to revive G.I. Joe. I mean, are they going to focus all this attention on G.I. Joe and Mask? And yeah, visionaries ma- all at the same time. Yeah, and I, Mask I, I, especially has the problem of, in the abstract, being v- very similar to G.I. Joe. You know, military guys with special vehicles facing off against snake-themed uh, villains with fancy vehicles. You know, yeah. it, it, in, in the dumbed-down terms, you have to put it to a movie executive in, they are not going to see the difference between G.I. Joe and Mask. Yeah, and also I'm I'm a, I'm kind of I'm I've always kind of thought they were kind of afraid to pull mask out of storage and start selling it on the shelves because it would pull it could pull sales from both GI Joe when GI Joe was bigger on the shelves and Transformers. 
So maybe they're maybe they're afraid of splitting the the money in that category too many ways. That is a possibility because it is kind of like the mod uh, the logical middle point between the two. Yeah, I can see that, and I, I can tell you guys too. Like from my experience with um, with what I do for a living, which is with uh, licensed brands in a, in a particular product category, it's really hard these days to. It's really hard these days to uh, work with a buyer uh, on multiple brands that have the same target customer. So, <clears throat> so that, that's kind of similar to what, kind of what you guys are saying. So, say if I'm going in there and I'm Hasbro and, I, and I'm fighting for shelf space in the toy aisle and I have Transformers, which is proven, which is the magic word for buyers because uh, it's what you bought last year and that's what they always prefer. Uh, G.I. Joe, which I want you to take a risk on, which hasn't worked like the last couple times you've taken a risk on it with me. And Mask, which uh, is doesn't even have a history of success or failure in the last like generation of uh, kids. So that's a real tough sell when they're when you're trying to fight for space for like boys four to ten, you know? You know, but one one thing that we have now versus what we didn't have back in the 80s is the internet. And they could do, say, like a web series. Now, again, this would be money invested, but they could do things online with Mask, with Visionaries, with G.I. Joe, with a lot less money involved, say, a, a six-episode miniseries. Maybe five minutes, maybe maybe five minutes of a webisode for these concepts, and then advertise that you know a new thing is coming, and see how people react to these these thirty minute webisodes to judge everything. At least that way you get it out there. It's not as much of an initial outlay as creating molds for toys. I, and now this is old school. Maybe you could do a if you've got if you if you've got a, a, a mold that still that is still viable for mask. Do the mold, and then do a thirty minute episode on DVD and sell it together. I don't know how that would work in today in today's world. Like it, like you could do that years ago. It's something. <laughs> I, I just don't know how feasible it is. But there's ways of doing it without putting out as much money as they're afraid of if they're willing to not be traditional about it. Well, let me ask, uh, I'll start with uh, Melvar on this one real quick on Mask. Um, do you think, Melvar, do you think with a brand like Mask, is it even worth doing a couple of Encore releases, like doing the Switchblade, Matt Tracker's uh, vehicle, Thunderhawk? Is that what it was? Something yeah. like that? Yep. And then, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe a third one, just to see, just to Rhino. gauge interest. Rhino. Rhino, sure. Yeah. Sure. Do you think it's um, worth doing like a few encore releases just as a farce almost just to kind of see what happens? If they had the molds available, uh, yeah, it would be a good way to test the waters. Rob, what do you think about that? Encore releases, just a random, very small sampling, one-off. Let's see what happens. Encore release of Mask or even like Visionaries or something like that. That would be a great set of SDCC exclusives. Like, didn't they do a new gem doll a couple of years ago at SDCC? And that would be sold out. Uh huh. That would be the, that would be the perfect venue to do something. As like a matter that. of fact, I think it was the first thing that sold out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that that's if you were going to do that, that would be where and how. And I think it could work. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I, and I think um, – I think with a, with a long dormant brand like that, the only way you're going to know is you've got to put something out in the market that that is valid. So you couldn't put just uh, you know you, you couldn't put, it, put put like you couldn't go halfway in the market. If you did encore, honest to goodness, re-release of one or two things, three things at most. And the cool thing yeah. about visionaries is the figures were highly posable even back then, and. For all the advances in toy engineering, I don't think the hologram technology has gotten much better. So there's so there's really not a lot of cost outlay for new technologies if you're just doing holograms. Mm. Uh, but I mean, yeah, that I would like to see it like say a a Skyclaw and a Lancer Cycle two pack. Uh, again, people that know Visionaries know what I'm talking about. This is two of the smaller vehicles, uh, or you could do you know. A Thunderhawk switchblade two pack. So is this a is this another one where you would want to like see could you rework it as a subline under I don't want to make Transformers this bucket that people just throw mm-hmm. stuff in, but um, it is a vehicle, so to speak, for stuff like this. Uh, you know, just like we were kind of bouncing around GI Joe as a like an honest to goodness attempt to reboot GI Joe initially as a as a part of Transformers. Ma- like you were saying, uh, Rob, Mask is a very close cousin of G.I. Joe, especially if you're going to do something like that. Like, it's basically one one additional very minor gimmick um, added to the equation. I mean, is Mask something that you would you would maybe kind of work into Transformers, or are you afraid of, like I said, Transformers just becoming this spit bucket that collects everything? Rob, what do you think? That's, that's, kind, of, uh, that's kind of the tough call. I mean, they're... I think that's all going to depend on what they do with Micronauts. If they can make that work and they can, you know, expand Transformers to where it has, you know, all these other ideas that are, you know, that toys with some kind of transformation gimmick, but not necessarily vehicle to robot. You know, I, I have a feeling Micronauts would have a fair amount of that. That could open the door for things like Mask. And, you know, you could, if you were, you know, you could kind of create a progression from there to straight up G.I. Joe if, if you, you know, if the situation was right. I'm just not sure if they would see Mask as a necessary middle step in that situation or they'd just rather jump straight for G.I. Joe. And in terms of, you know, Transformers becoming like the catch-all, I don't know how I feel about it. I You know, as long as they don't put enough eggs in any one of these smaller baskets to also cause, you know, lasting harm to Transformers. I, I'm I'm up for seeing what else they can bring us, because I know it's difficult to get a completely independent of, you know, independent of existing media or anything else toy line launched at this point. So if, if this is what's necessary to bring back things like Micronauts and like uh, Mask and Visionaries, you know, like I said, if they if they can do it without, you know, without making it obvious that they're just putting the Transformers label on things to try and get you to buy it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm willing to see it. Yeah, and let's be honest. Uh, I don't think anybody, and I don't think Hasbro would, in an honest moment, I don't think Hasbro would disagree. Is I still don't get the feeling that Hasbro's perfected what to do with Transformers uh, when there's not a movie during the calendar year. Like, like the, the between movie times have never felt 
solid, so to speak, or perfected. So, so Matt, let me ask you: What do you uh, do? You do you put up the uh, the stop the stop sign when we start talking about throwing this and that under the Transformers brand, or, or are you open to the idea? Uh, they already do that with the Transformers brand. I mean, look at Bot Shots and look at Creo. They're always trying new stuff. Rescue bots. Yeah. They, they slap the Transformers brand on everything as it is. <clears throat> so no objections there. That's a good point. Don, what about you? Are you? Would you be okay with that? I would be okay with it, but if you look at if you look at the as far as working masking you already have, because in Transformers Prime, Eddie Hudson's character Agent Fowler has already mentioned mask as existing in the Transformers Prime universe. You could easily have mask as an offshoot another offshoot of the Transformers Prime universe. So again, this is going to sound very fan fiction-y, but I'm just saying your, your, your characters, Jack, Miko, and Raph, are already built in Transformers Prime. They're working, they've worked with the government. You can easily take existing characters that fans know and probably the best set of the most likable humans in animated Transformers, except for Sorry, <laughs> work them into a mass series so you've got the continuity there the Fowler establishing that mass exists so it's really not making something out of thin air it's already the base framework is already there for you to create a show in the prime universe with existing characters that are well liked in order to launch this new series without any detriment to Transformers because it's already there, and nothing it, it didn't hurt anything when it was originally uh, stated. Uh, guys, I can think of no better way to end the conversation than with that little piece of propaganda and agenda setting <laughs> by our own headmaster, Don. Nobody does it better. The lobbyists in, in Washington can learn a few things from this man. He... He willed at this point. How many? Like, do we have what? Like, are we up to like fifteen RCs in the last like six months now, Don? Like, like how's that? How is that going? I think you've, you've have, created a cottage have, industry of RCs. I have four animated generations, Creo, and Alternator. It's still not enough. Still and there's a Q. Enough. There's a Q formers one too, I believe. I know. I saw it. I'll probably get it. <laughs> probably he says probably point. hey boys that was an awesome 80s toy how do we make it work can we formulate a plan kind of discussion that was awesome i appreciate it when you guys stop on the minicast anytime but especially this time so thank you very much always no glad to be here okay everybody i think that'll do it for this week's show and before i go as you know this is the gift giving season for many of us and i wanted to remind you guys that you can support the show while taking care of your gift-giving needs, all you got to do is go to tfradio.net, click the Amazon link, and when you do your shopping and you check out, some nickels and dimes go to Brian Kilby, and he uses those uh, nickels and dimes to keep the lights on, which means uh, you get podcasts like the very awesome, if I do say so myself, RFC Minicast, about every week um, for free. And we appreciate you guys listening in, downloading, Uh, our show and uh, partaking of some good strong Transformers talk about every week or so so just go to tfradio.net click the Amazon link and you'll be supporting us and we thank you so much music provided by bensound.com